Hey, 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 this is Chas Young, and I am a marketing mindset and mental health coach here to help you create a business you absolutely love and only working three hours a day. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Just a little quick introduction to everybody who is coming on. Um, those who are just watching, you don't need to talk. Um, if you can go on mute, that would be great. I know you are. And um, so let's start again with Andrea. Who are you? And a little bit about, like, I really want to hear a little bit about your story and your experience with mental health in the last couple years. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So I'm Andrea. What I help conscious entrepreneurs do is I help conscious entrepreneurs rewire their subconscious so that's in alignment for the life that they want to live. Because the hardest thing to do is to experience growth to up level into your next level income or your fully booked business or even just a business that's actually enjoyable and not super triggering for you to run when you have the core belief that it's not possible for you. Like if that's where we're starting, there's really no place that we can go from there. So I help conscious entrepreneurs do that. And I had to learn how to do that because when I was 23, I had a brain tumor. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. But I had to shut down my graphic design business. I had to move back home with my parents for an extended period of time so that I could like heal and like have help showering and stuff like that. It was super fun. Ideal life for a 23 year old. There's nothing I would have enjoyed more for my life. And I had to learn how to deal with the immense amount of anxiety triggers that then came from having a huge health episode. I had already struggled with depression. I had already struggled with anxiety since I was around 15. I had multiple mental breakdowns, multiple like straight up two or three weeks at a time where I would just go like black on my business and just like have nothing. And now I help, now I've taught myself how to cope with those feelings. And I see that I'm attracting a lot of my clients end up dealing with the same things. And it's really, it's really, really nice to know that we're opening up this conversation to say like, mental health isn't something that just like, I'm a really spiritual person. I'm not, I don't have the expectation myself that I will ever fully heal this, that I will ever fully like, oh, one day I'm just going to not have this problem anymore. And taking that pressure off of myself like oh I'm so spiritual I'm so like I feel like I've grown so much why am I still struggling with this it's not a spiritual issue it's not an enlightenment issue it's not a not trying hard enough issue it's a fact that my brain chemistry cannot get on the same page with how much money I want to make all the time so I need to like <laughs> really have the tools to cope with healing my brain chemistry and I'm really excited that so what kind of tools have you used and that you currently use and what kind of tools do you teach to your clients I think that um at the core at its core the work that I do on myself and the work that I encourage my clients to do is like we start at self-forgiveness it's not your fault that you feel like you can't get out of bed today you didn't do anything wrong there isn't a way that you've welcomed this in this isn't something that you've manifested into your life this isn't something that you deserve to have happen to you but it's something that's happening to you so if we can if we can take the judgment out of the fact of like oh why is this happening to me and just deal with the fact like oh no this is just happening to you i find that it for me 
that's the first thing because it then it goes from why did I go into the ocean today to I guess I'm just riding this wave and that's just what I have to deal with. So at its core, that's what I start with. I also really teach the emotional freedom technique, which is um, a technique where we, you tap on the acupressure points of your body. So you start at the top of your head here, 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 under your arm and on your wrist. And we really, we really do that while we say the feelings that we're feeling. I'm feeling so anxious. I feel like I'm never going to be able to get out of bed. I feel like I'm never going to be able to move forward. Even though I feel this way, even though I don't know why this is happening, I still love, accept, and forgive myself. And we tap on these points in our body so that we can really calm our nervous system and have our words actually land with our subconscious. Because when we're feeling this way, our body goes into fight or flight. My, your body's like, I feel so bad. All I can do is pump cortisol. All I can do is wonder where my serotonin is. All I can do is wonder when I'm gonna get that next dopamine hit so I can feel better for five or 10 minutes and then plummet right back down again. That's really all your body is capable of doing. And when we do the EFT along with that, really helps you calm your nervous system so that it's like, okay, well, how can I soothe myself in this space? How can I show that I love, accept, and forgive myself based on the fact that I'm here right now? And when we can really do that, it doesn't just heal our subconscious. It shows subconscious, it helps us um, establish self, subconscious self-worth, mm -hmm. which is a really big part of like, it's really hard to grow your business, to reach that next goal, when you feel like inherently your brain is broken. Like, okay, well, I'm reaching these goals. I can have a couple of good weeks, but at any time I can have a day where I cannot get out of bed. At any time I can have a day where it feels impossible to move forward. And when that is, when that is something, a pattern that you know subconsciously happens to you and you're judging yourself for that and you feel like, you feel like, oh, maybe this means that I'm just not the type of person that can succeed. It makes growth a million times harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally guilty of that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, if anybody wants to, like, interject at any time, that's totally awesome um, if you're on the panel. <laughs> um, so, Queenie, since you did answer on that, I think, let's go to you. What is your story? How do you experience um, mental health on a daily basis? And how do you manage that with your business? So thank you, Andrea, for sharing that. Um, that last part, I was like, yes, yes, me, me, me. That's it right there. Um, wow. So my journey, um, it's always interesting when you like sharing, you're like, where do you start? Especially if you have a lot, you're like, how do I make this digestible? <laughs> that's okay. People? Lots of us have like, we're complicated humans, right? And so it's like, Oh, my only problem in life is that I suffer from anxiety. Like, <laughs> that's the only thing. That's my only issue, right? No, yeah. it's not that way. So yeah, we're so much. So do you, um, do you feel that you struggle more with anxiety or depression or where do you kind of, um, basically, you know, they're, they're hand in hand. I call them siblings because I really feel like they're siblings and they come out to play at random times and it's an up and down. I think anxiety has more of a physical impact on me, um, where I would at the height of it, 
I have to inflict some sort of physical pain. And usually I choose digging my nails into my forearms and just kind of scratching them out just like to get out of my brain. Cause I, I'm just so stuck in there with the anxiety that I need some physical sensation and I'm too much of a wimp for ice. So it's like, I pick it up and I drop it down right away. So I'm like, well, that's useless. <laughs> that the tactic's not working for me. Um, but that's the extreme, extreme cases. Um, on a daily, actually no, on a weekly basis, I would say I sleep in probably four times of the week at a minimum. And I've learned through a decade of therapy, some PTSD, trauma, all of that to start now accepting the symptom. Hmm. You know, like Andrew was talking about this earlier where it's not like, why am I in the ocean? It's I'm drowning. Mm -hmm. Do I just drown freely for the time being? Cause I know I'll be able to swim. So I'm in that space. If we were going to go with that analogy, I know I'm drowning, but I know internally that I have the skills to just float, not to swim away, but to just float. Yeah. So that's the state I constantly try to go back to. Um, but I just let myself feel like this year alone, 2020 has been a year of self-love. Mm -hmm. I've therapy I feel like is helped but it means nothing when I'm in that hype moment uh -huh. like in that exact moment everything goes out the door but teaching myself how to love me that was um that was a deciding factor and for me my work day is I schedule things out not in the sense of time because that causes me anxiety as well because <laughs> if I don't get to something at 9 a.m and it's scheduled I would start um, I call it my inner Karen voice. Mm -hmm. I would just start talking bad to myself and I couldn't stop. There was yeah. no way it could stop. And I have a daughter. So I challenged myself. I said, you know, what would you say to your daughter if she felt this way? And that was the point. That was the pivot for me because I realized I would never speak to her the way that I'm speaking to myself. Mm-hmm. Has anybody else had that experience? Um, like I know Jesse and Janice, you also have kids. Um, anybody else? I think that is, that is foundational self-compassion. And that's a skill set that I have really built into my practice that I teach to clients and try to exercise myself. So that is speaking to ourselves the way that we would to a friend. Kristen Neff has done a lot of work in this area. She has popularized self-compassion. So she's a great resource that's fully available on YouTube and just through a Google search. But her research shows that we tend to speak to others in ways that we don't apply to ourselves. And if we can turn that voice inward and create some humanity around the situation, that we have that more gentle voice that we would give to our children or we would give to a friend. Mm -hmm. So while you're talking, I know more about your story, but not so much as like, I want to hear more about your mental health journey during 2020. So you own a physical location in Calgary. It gets shut down. You still got to pay your crazy ass rent. <laughs> and you're a single mom. Yep. And um, your only option is to A, quit and figure out a whole new stream or the path that you did 
take. And so I want to know like how this has all really affected you mentally. So I am going to put in a point of clarification because it's not minor. I'm a lone parent. So I have no second parent to share parenting time with. I have no second parent to help financially. So I do have a bricks and mortar space. And I also live in an apartment. And so when the shutdown parts one and two happened, my landlord, I just happened to be with a landlord that gave absolutely no rent relief whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So to this day, they have not wavered on collecting one penny. We, in Alberta, we had our second set of shutdowns this week. And my landlord's response within 12 hours was to put a note reminding me of the rental schedule for 2020 and 21 under the door. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so they have not been generous in any kind of rental relief or any kind of relief programs whatsoever. So my response to it was the first time was to run at it like a bear um, because I actually have no choice. I have to pay that rent. And if I do not, they will come after me with full legal force. It's a $9 billion company. So I fortunately did have some online experience coming into this, but what really happened in my life was that it turned into 18 hour work days, six or seven days a week. And there is only a period of time at which that can be sustainable. So zero outside help, zero outside support, zero financial support. I got no government support of any kind. Um, <laughs> we now have a functional-ish online distance education program, but at that moment in March, there was none. So I'm trying to educate my child, trying to deal with his emotion with, you know, what has gone down. So he, to this day, still has anger. He's lost his friends. He's lost his social support network. He's lost, you know, going to school in a regular manner. And then I'm trying to save my business. And although my external business response was, good face to the public, I describe myself like a duck on the water. So I was floating, the beads of water were just coming off me, but underneath just paddling furiously to not lose it all. So within six weeks, I ended up sitting on my couch, unsure of how to even proceed forward one more second because things started coming into my email box and into my text box that I would look at. Some of them I would respond to, don't have any recollection of those responses. Some of them I would completely forget. So I started losing my purse. I started, which I've lost my purse probably 75 times. <laughs> um, I started, you know, everything started to feel really hard and really heavy. And I reached out to a mental health doctor. Fortunately, that was one government service that the, that was covered under healthcare because as a business owner, I do not have a an access plan into $250 an hour therapy. And my income had dropped very significantly. So I was able to find a pathway into a therapy program. And much to my great surprise, she told me that I had situational depression. So 
that was really interesting to me because I'm sure that some other people on this call can really relate to this, but everything that I thought about depression and what it would look like and what it would feel like was not something that I thought I was experiencing. Mm. So I think that depression and part of why I'm part of this conversation right now is because we often describe depression as sadness and mm. I'm not really sad. That's not what it is. I can laugh and I can have joy. And so I think that there is a whole missing piece of the conversation where people really do struggle to even self-identify that they need help. Some people have had, you know, lifelong mental health conditions and other people may be like me where that is a new scenario and it may be situationally linked, but we need to join this conversation and say, hey, this is me too. And so I've had now two bouts of situational depression and I've worked in boats and spurts with my mental health doctor to try to create a sustainable plan for myself so that I can continue running my business and parenting my child and making sure we have food to eat and <laughs> paying my rent etc because there really is nobody else to provide anything to me. So what's a tool that you've learned to help manage with your depression? see my son's little feet yeah, there. I'm like, it's feet in the background. This is epic. <laughs> <laughs> this is working from home. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I actually wrote an article about this for Elephant Journal that was published re recently called Five Doctor Approved Tips for Battling Overwhelm. And that was the terminology that we, that we utilized in that article. But one of my first level kind of strategy was actually exercise. So the irony is I'm an exercise practitioner. I help people feel better in their body. I do this every day. I was doing it, you know, I teach 11 online classes a week, but there was no exercise in there for me. There was no exercise in there that I did to be part of my own solution. It was all work-based exercise. And I really also dug into diet. And so I know that nobody really likes to hear that those are the foundations of mental health, but they really are. We need exercise, sleep, and nutrition because our bodies are signaling emergencies if we're not doing these things. And in the past, I've been a runner. I'm a really type A kind of person, but the exercise that I need right now is calming and therapeutic. And at times that can be difficult because there, there is value in things like kickboxing, but my nervous system is amped up and my nervous system is seeing this entire scenario as, as an emergency. So I need to do yin. I need to do yam and body rolling. I need to go for a walk and not go for a run. I need to do things that actually signal to my body that there's a sense of safety and nourishment. And then from there, so once I had, you know, I really, really, really got kind of anal retentive about my diet. We have to eat vegetables and vegetables and vegetables and just get those nutrients into my body, into my brain. I'm a health coach. So this wasn't something that I had information about, but when you're in that more depressed, overwhelmed state, you don't really want to create a stir fry. You want potato chips and chocolate and maybe alcohol or, you know, maybe, I have a Maybe? <laughs> right, exactly. So our brain tends to want really quick foods that are high in calorie density, but not necessarily high in nutrient density. Yeah. So those were really foundational. And then 
Um, I actually did supplement with 5-HTP so that I could kind of equalize my sleep and stop waking up at four in the morning. Mm -hmm. So those were the first three things I did. And then some of those doctor overwhelm tips quit for a bit. Mm -hmm. So I had to start saying, you know, these 18 hour days, these 16 hour days, there's going to be some days I just need to stop. I need to actually do nothing. I actually, after the second round of announcements, I had to quit for a bit day. Today, we're, we're literally not doing anything. We're not responding to clients. All of these texts that are coming in, we're just going to leave these. And I took a vacation from it. And yeah. that was really helpful because, you know, in 24 hours, I got back on track. But it was because I was just kind of leaned into that, sat on my couch and cried. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, I said in the article, we are used to taking vacations and we don't need a physical plane to take that vacation. And I think that that has been one of the biggest pieces for me is is looking at my work and my life is almost a DJ deck and we have to turn some stuff down and we have to turn some stuff up. And sometimes what we need to turn up is time on the couch, time in bed, time in the bath, time when we just say, we're just going to be what Andrea said, we're going to be in this ocean. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Jesse, what is your story? You've had a lot of experiences in your life and, um, yeah, and you've been very open about your your path. But so share your story a little bit with us if you could, if you would. So I'll start right from the very beginning because it's very meaningful to where I am today. Um, as a child, I went through many traumatic experiences, sexual, mental, physical abuse, um, which led to, of course, depression, um, PTSD, debilitating anxiety in my teen years. Uh, I didn't have a support system at all. Um, so I, I really became an addict at a very young age. Um, I had a child very young um, and something in me at that point, there's always been this sort of uh, voice inside, which I believe is a higher power or, you know, the spirit within us all that always kind of led me back to this spiritual path. And so while, like some of the other people have mentioned, it's not just about spirituality. Um, we need that body, mind, spirit balance, like nutrition, huge, um, exercise, huge, mental health support. Those are all amazing things that we need. And then I feel that with, with my journey, what I've learned about spirituality is that um, when we learn how to call on the spirit through sacred breath, um, meditation technique. It's like calling on a best friend. So we have that spirit within who we can call on during times of the ebbs and flows of emotion. So certainly, like I believe it was Andrea said, I don't think we'll ever maybe truly be healed. But when we do face those strong emotions, we can say like, yes, I'm allowed to go deep into this emotion. I'm allowed to feel what I'm feeling. It's okay. And another great point I believe Queen made was that um, we would never speak that way to a child. So why do we do it to ourselves? And that's what I learned from my journey is that this healing journey is really about reparenting yourself. I mean, many of us did not get the attention, the love, um, the safety that we needed from a parent. So now as an adult, we have a chance to provide 
provides that for ourselves. And that's through um, finding ways to support the body, mind, and spirit because we can't we can't function without one. So the body, I believe, um, for a long time, I abused my body with drugs, um, alcohol, and then I realized, well, this doesn't really feel very good. So why am I doing this? You know, and it's kind of like now everything I do, I say to myself, does this feel good? Yes, no. If no, then I have to make that commitment to myself to say, you know what, it doesn't feel good, I'm not doing it. Whether that's um, what I eat, what I drink, what I watch, who I interact with, 100% make those boundaries for yourself. Yeah, that's a, been a common theme is the boundaries, setting those boundaries for yourself. Um, yeah, does anybody else have anything to add? To expand on that we have very similar stories with the childhood abuse I definitely relate and I was an addict for a long time and now I feel like I'm just addicted to business so just like you don't heal I don't think you change your addiction you just kind of rechannel and redirect it mm -hmm. yeah I was reading a quote the other day that um, mental health is not a destination but it's a journey and um it's like everybody has said that like once you start looking for the cure you're never gonna find the cure right and but it's how you choose your path along this journey hey and um so uh yeah so okay so how does how does having your specific mental illness how does that affect your business? Like, where does it kind of interplay? Like, does it block you? Does it encourage you? Is it the basis of your business? <laughs> or like, um, how does that work? Andrea, tell me. How has mental health affected your business? I was still muted. Um, so how does mental health affect the way that I run my business? Mental health affects me in the way that I run my business kind of in a day-to-day, -day, like, I, like, it's really a daily practice for me, like, because I have no idea how I'm going to feel when I wake up in the morning, and it's, it's less about, like, oh, here are the things that I do every single day, here are the things that I do every single day that, um, help me feel super amazing, and super high vibe, and just, like, my sparkliest, most outgoing, outgoing self, and it's, like, Every day, it's more of a daily check-in, like, what could I do to either maintain this feeling if I'm waking up feeling really, really good, or even to just give myself a 1% improvement on how I'm feeling. It's less about waking up and being like, how am I going to solve this problem today? How am I going to solve the problem in my brain chemistry? How am I going to solve the problem that, for reasons beyond my control, my landlord decided to take out a buzzsaw at 7.30 in the morning? You know what I mean? Like, how... That's not a thing that I can control, but I also know that if I don't get any sleep, I'm not going to be feeling like my best self, right? So it's less about it's less about saying, okay, well, how do I solve this problem? How do I solve the problem of my brain chemistry? How do I solve the problem of X, Y, Z? It's about saying, okay, well, what realistically can I take on today? Mm -hmm. And if I'm having a great day, it's like, okay, well, how could I how could I make the most of feeling this amazing? Like what, what projects will I be so happy that I got done today? Um, what type of social engagements do I want to reach out to? Do I want to reach out to my boyfriend? Like, do I want to, 
um, reach out to my sister to see if she's able to get together. Like what, like, am I able to reach out to the people in my like pod or whatever to see if, to see if we can all see each other or whatever. It's more about saying, okay, how can I realistically make the most of having a really good day so that when I have a bad day, it's less about like, oh, okay, well, I was already a week behind on this deadline and now I've woken up feeling like I absolutely can't get out of bed. Like I really just try to not put myself in that situation whenever possible. Okay. And so that- when you wake up and you're like, it's a bad day, mm-hmm. like, this is, it's just gonna, it's just a bad day right now. Um, what do you do? Um, it really, it really, it really depends. It's a really a, big practice of like things that I might do is I might I I have like no expectations for myself if I wake up with a bad day I have no expectations of myself it's like if I can get a little bit of work done that's amazing um the one expectation of myself that I have pretty consistently unless it's a really bad day is that I'm maintaining my boxer clients because like I have my clients that reach out to me on boxer and like that's not hard for me to do from bed You, you know like that's something that I have my phone with me. That's not a big deal. That's something that I consistently have regardless. But say it's a bad day. It could look like I wake up and I have a bubble bath with some like lemon essential oil in it. I listen to the Conan O'Brien podcast or whatever funny podcast I like to listen to. I start my day with a coffee and watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I really just, for me, it's less about saying like, oh, okay, well, what am I going to do to solve this problem and be super productive and amazing all day? Because if I'm not being productive and amazing, then I don't have a reason to like myself. And it's more about saying, here's where I'm at now. And how can I acknowledge this? Like if I, and like, I think I'm the only one here that doesn't have like a physical child and I can relate a lot to the parenting that you guys are all talking about. Obviously it's not the same but I feel like I'm parenting my inner child every single day. So I think like, well, what if I saw five-year-old Andrea who woke up and she couldn't stop crying? Would I be like, it's time to go to school and get your shit done because this is what it means to be a person on this planet? Or would I hold her and would I say everything's okay and it's okay if you don't get anything done today because your worth isn't actually dependent on how much you're able to get done. I've had days where I've had to reach out to my clients and say, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get back to you for the last few days. I've really, really been struggling. I've really been struggling for my, with my anxiety and I'm going to have to take a long weekend. I've never had a client say, this is unacceptable. Um, I'd like to stop working with you. I've never had a client say that, but the voice in my head is just, if you let these people down, if you don't get X, Y, Z done, if you don't upload your podcast every single week, if you don't um, post on Instagram often enough, if you don't do whatever, there is that voice in your head every single day that's like, well, what if you lose everything because you weren't able to show up and you feeling this way? And it's just not really my daily practice of saying, I've never had that be true. I started my first business when I was 15. I'm 27 now. I've never lost anything because I genuinely did not have the energy to show up. I've never, I've never asked for grace in this area of my life and been told that there was none available to me. 
Mm -hmm. And really the only time I get myself into trouble is when I assume that that grace isn't available to me is when I assume that people won't understand. There have been times where I've reached out to people. I used to be a graphic designer and I, there was a time where I reached out to extend a deadline and they were like, I really don't think I can extend your deadline for a full week. And I was like, okay, I'm going to check back with you. Like I, I'm being honest with you. I cannot, I, I cannot show up and be on this meeting. I will check in with you tomorrow morning and tell you how I feel. And there was like sort of like a dance I had to do with that client, but still that client was, it was more about the fact that they'd already scheduled all their social and all their ads. It wasn't personal against me. It was like, no, I just, we need to figure out a way that this can get done. And I'm still happy I reached out to that client because we were able to find some flexibility and it, it's, the voice in your head that tells you that there's no options available to you in my experience as a business owner has never been right there's been trauma in my life where i've reached out for grace and that's not been available to me but the things that happened to me as a 9 10 11 12 year old are not the things that are still repeating in my life as a business owner that's just your trauma that's just your subconscious programming that's telling you that there's no grace available to you and that if you're not perfect um then you will lose everything because it's just i've never seen that happen i've never seen it happen i love that story of grace and um talking to your five-year-old self jesse what do you do when you wake up and you just feel that this is a bad day I'm going to unmute you, but it didn't. Oh, there you go. Oh, it, didn't, it cut out and I didn't hear the first part. Okay. So, yeah, no worries. so what do you do if you wake up and you're having a bad day? Well, the first thing I do, I don't know. I find that um, bad days are few and far between, despite the fact, um, you know, some of our recent traumas with um, pregnancy loss. Um, and so I'm really grateful that I've come to this place where I allow myself to, to feel the feelings. And really, when I am having a bad day, I find that the best thing I can do for myself is meditate, um, be conscious of what I'm thinking, feeling. And oftentimes, it's those emotions come up because they want to be let out. So most importantly, I would say to anyone going through those emotions is write them down, write them out. Um, lots of times, if you just keep writing and writing and writing, and this is how I feel, this is what's happening in my mind right now, um, you'll become aware of things that you didn't realize were there. And so the key to, to healing and helping yourself is becoming aware of your inner voice, those inner feelings, and allowing yourself time for that. So what I thought that was coming to me while, while we're all sitting here is that aren't we fortunate to own our own businesses um, and not have to call into work and be like, hey, feeling like shit today, I can't come in. That's something I found where we kind of, for myself, I've created this community of clients who really love, honor, and respect who I am because I love, honor, and respect who they are. So if I have to take a mental health day, um, they're so forgiving and it's just like, you know what, it's this family, it's this beautiful thing. So I feel really fortunate we have these, the ability to have a small business. Um, do you yeah. guys find it hard, um, all four of you, do you find it hard to then 
call your clients and tell them, I'm having a bad day. I need a mental health break. I did it this week. I have nine hours of digital classes that I deliver every week. And I literally put a note up on those boards this week saying, I'm sorry, this is not going to happen. And I made a commitment to replace the classes by a certain deadline that I arbitrarily made up, but I didn't find it hard because Andrea made a great point that that grace is available. And at the end of it, I mean, I'm a lone parent who's parented for nine years and I love my clients and like Jesse, I've built that family with them. But if they are in a space where that class is going to be the difference between being my client and not, it now is at the point where I do have to let them go. And I do carry a sense of responsibility for delivering what they paid for and what their expectations are. So I still do fight with a little bit of guilt, but I do it anyways, because I know that for me this week to deliver those classes, would have plowed me under for another month. So I would rather take that space this week, give myself that grace, take the risk that they will be there or they will not be there at the end of it, and make sure that I'm functional next week and the week after and the week after that, as opposed to going into this ocean of deep overwhelm and depression and anxiety and not being able to sleep. So it's actually a interdependent relationship with my clients because I have to trust that they're going to be there at the other side, but they also connect with me because I am real in that way. I'm not hiding that from them. I'm not saying, no, 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 I got it. It's good. It's good. And you know, many people are themselves feeling this way. So I think it also provides a bit of leadership to say, there is overwhelm. There is depression. This isn't something I can deliver to you right now. Because then when they hear a practitioner that they're working with saying that, they feel safer to say it. They feel safer to acknowledge it. They feel like it's more okay for them to be in that space. And so we create a, a community and a conversation around that as opposed to it being a nameless, faceless institution. <laughs> which I'm not. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I did not find that hard this week because I recognized from the experiences I've had in the last nine months that if I didn't, I'm going to be in a state of non-delivery for the next month to those people as opposed to a week. Mm -hmm. I know all of you have been very authentic and transparent with how you're feeling, not just with your clients, but online. And um, Queenie too, like, I've seen you post and, um, and I just, I do want to commend you all because that takes a lot of courage to say like, I'm struggling today. I'm taking a day and like maybe this time you're, you're used to it and you're more comfortable with it. But at time there was a time that I'm sure that you were like shitting your pants of like, I can't stop crying today. And somehow I need to be there for my clients. And um, so where are you on I'm your- definitely more on that spectrum. Just the nature of our business. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's more in line with what, how Andrew is saying with the graphic design client where they had stuff scheduled to launch. So even though there was a little flexibility, there generally isn't. Um, 
And a concrete example is this year alone, apart from my regular mental health, we um, made a few bad hires and we lost $100,000 in under two months. Oh, and after that, we still had to pick up the pieces and redo the entire project, essentially. And this is a custom app project. Um, so I don't know anything about HAB, but our team member does. So we had to rebuild everything, take on more of that cost. And like we didn't have an option because we were delayed in that for four months. So we had an inexperienced um, developer come in that we didn't catch in time because he did well on the first part. So we're like, okay, let's get it. So that's our mistake. Um, and I went into this, I hate people face <laughs> because it just, it just felt like one after another and another. And like, I think it's one thing to deal with my own. If I'm having a bad day, I just look at, okay, what do I have to get done? Like, absolutely, like really have to. But then, you know, similar to you guys, I push everything else aside. Um, but when you're managing a team of 12, it, at the beginning, it was, it was tough. And we had a lot of people that I felt like we were just paying but didn't deliver what they were saying um you know they do the strategy portion but not the real work like, we hired someone to do to help us with the work so i that turned into like a huge spiral and our team the remaining parts of the team because we let some people go we pulled man a lot of hours <laughs> let's just say a lot of hours in three weeks because we didn't have an option any further delay would have cost the client millions and we, we couldn't do that. We were back in a cash poor state because we drained our reserve. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it how was so hard. Yeah. Like how did you function? Because like you're telling this story and I'm like, I don't think I would stop crying or like, <laughs> like would be my shower. There were tears. You know, there was so much tears. I don't know. You know, so how do, how did you stay afloat? Like you said, you don't necessarily are ready to maybe ride the waves, but staying afloat. So how did you stay afloat or did you? Yeah. Um, we took a month and a half, like literally not off of course, but a month and a half where we were just quite literally in our shit. Mm -hmm. Like we weren't feeling it. We weren't being able to be there as leaders for our team because we were just suffering. Like that was a hard loss. <laughs> like, you know, I know everyone's at different stages, but so maybe it's nothing to some other people, but for us, it's like, man, that was our reserve to scale, to really grow the business. And just like that, it was lost. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, for me, it's like, I had to, like, I'm, you know, we have a team to pay. This is COVID. They already have lack of other resources. So we have to. And I think what broke me was we had to liquidate our own investments and assets to be able to pay them. Mm -hmm. And I think I kept going because I'm like, this is, this is the commitment. This is the game. Like, entrepreneur there's the mental health in the person and also I made a choice to play this game of entrepreneurship and I have to support these people 
because that's the commitment I'm giving them. Like I work for my team, um, which is why it hurt so much more when they didn't deliver after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really I just, I didn't think about myself in that time. And I told them I was honest with the team, with the clients. I couldn't really just say, Hey, we made a huge loss and I can't deliver on you. We had to eat budget, um, like losses on several other budgets as well. But to the team, I communicate. I'm like, Hey guys, like, this is where I'm at. Um, if you really need me, like I'm here, but if we can push this to this day, let's look at it then. And it was just, it, it was just offloading whatever I could, you know, like I, I can't do it a hundred percent where I just have the full day, but I can generally get it down to like five things or three things or two things. And so I only focus on that. And once I'm done that, I, you know, go to bed, I retreat back in my bed. My bed is a very comfy place that I will just go for whatever reason. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be sleep. I'm like, TikTok in bed. <laughs> and I had to find all vouch about how much we all love our beds, right? Am I right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's that's how I went about my day. And it's in between. Like if I did one task or I didn't even finish one task, I'm like, okay, I need to go eat. Cause I I eat to live. I don't, <laughs> I will be that person that I'm going to drive myself broke by eating. But, um, <laughs> so I would just go and take the breaks I need, but then I still have to like that voice. It's like, okay, you have to get this done because I gave someone my word that that was the one thing. Mm. Um, and then I go back to it. Good for you. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> All right, just for the sake of time, I would love for all of you to share at least the most effective tool that you use to um, um, manage your mental health and grow your business. So how do you manage your mental health and what's a tip to grow to your business? Who wants to start? I'll start. All right. Definitely, definitely exercise is my number one way that I manage my mental health. So without exercise, it is a sinking Titanic. And the way that I manage my business, uh, it's quite similar actually to what Queenie just said, where I break tasks into micro tasks. And if all that is happening that day is one Instagram post or one sentence to a client, so be it. So I have taken these giant projects and these big tasks and just shattered them into little micro tasks that are manageable. And if I can kind of stack tasks, great. If it doesn't get done, then at least there is some minor movement in a direction. So I just do one small step, the smallest building block to anything that could be done, clean the kitchen for five minutes and call it a day. Speaking of kitchen, I've always told my clients, it's like, um, if the dishes don't get done today, nobody's going to die. Right. And so approach your business like that. You know, if that email doesn't get sent today, nobody's going to die. And so my daughter uses this over my head all the time when I'm like, can you empty the dishwasher? Mom, you just told your client that nobody's going to die if they don't empty the dishwasher. <laughs> I'm like, that's for adults. <laughs> you still need to learn that lesson. <laughs> Actually, for me, it was really hard to figure out what those tasks were that actually were adding stress 
So anything to do with taxes, finances, etc., those could be two minute tasks, but they'll sit in my head like a little Charlie Brown cloud. And so learning that that one for me does feel like I'm going to die if I leave that. <laughs> so actually really figuring out what those, what those I won't die versus I will die tasks really are quite important because a lot of the things that cause me the most stress, anxiety, depression, overwhelm really are five minute tasks, but getting those in the calendar and just saying, this is, this is the one that's going to make a difference to whether I sleep tonight or not is a huge deal. That's awesome. Jessica, and it's never the dishes, by the way, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, what would you say? Well, I would say most meaningful for my business that I've learned is um, word of mouth has been my best form of advertisement. And so just for me, it's really important to be always authentic to who you are, be honest with your clients, um, whatever you're feeling for that day um, and making really strong connections. And like I said before, those boundaries is, is I believe that who we interact with attracts and how we interact with ourselves attracts who is coming to our business and just remaining authentic to ourselves. And then another kind of tip, I guess, is to um, how you face hardships. I would, I would say kind of change your perspective about this hardship and ask yourself, what can this teach me? What has this taught me? And kind of be, be mindful of the opportunity to learn and grow in a situation, whether that be something really good or something really bad. Awesome. Thank you. Queenie, what would you say? One way, um, one tip to manage your mental health and one tip to grow your business. The tip for mental health is to be flexible. You know, it, I feel like it came up a lot in our conversations, whether it's what you're doing, how you're feeling, just to have the flexibility to do whatever you need for yourself in that moment. Because even if you have stuff you have to do, it's totally okay to take five minutes, an hour, three hours to yourself and still get it done at, you know, whatever time. Um, the business tip to grow your business is... Um, Always be doing your RGAs, non-negotiable daily. And that's your revenue generating activities. Um, everything else can kind of, you know, we can plan and schedule out, but the one non-negotiable for us is always put in some time, even if it's like 10, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Love it. Andrea, mental health and business tip, what you got? So um, my favorite business tip, that I've has been like a really big game changer for me um, because back in so to give a little bit of context I went the first four year the first four months of this year and I didn't sign a single client I was like what the hell's going on like this is this is not good I had to move cities I moved to Ottawa two weeks before COVID shut everything down I was like living renting rooms and Airbnbs being like what is happening like my life my life is in a blender. This is a nightmare. And then I manifested six clients in seven weeks, which was beautiful. It was so beautiful. And it was also so much. I'd never worked with that many clients ever before. And I'd worked with them for six months. And it was also a matter of like, these are all like my soulmate clients. Like I am not, I'm not saying no to any of these clients. Chaz is one of these clients. It was very exciting. Um, but it was also to hold space 
for that many people for that long was a lot. And around October, end of like September, October-ish, I was like, this isn't scalable. Like if, if this is what my income's dependent on, like, I'm like, okay, I, did, I had a really good year this year, which was amazing. But for the life that I want to live, I want a business that can afford for me to take a maternity leave. And I had a really good year this year, but my business, I wouldn't be able to afford to take six to nine months off for a maternity leave, even with an amazing year. This was an amazing year for me as a single woman, not for me as someone with a family. So I really thought knowing that I struggle with my mental health, knowing that I have a limited capacity and knowing that I don't want to charge $20,000 to coach my clients. I just, I just don't, I don't want to charge that much. Um, I was like, okay, well, what can I do? And I created a membership site, which is something that I can like, there's no dead, there's no external deadlines for me to run my membership site for me to build out this passive product. Um, it's not like, oh, okay, well, all of these people are going to be mad at me if I don't complete module six today. It's like, well, no one knows if, like, if I'm genuinely having like such a hard day that I can't get this done then like, I'll get it done tomorrow. It's not a big deal. And my membership site is doing so well. I'm so excited about it. It's super passive. It's just amazing. So I would suggest business-wise, if you know that you wake up like regularly and you're like, I have no idea how I'm going to feel today. This could be a total nightmare. What would it look like to bring in a membership site or some type of passive income? I have another client who's a fitness professional for seniors over for seniors and she just teaches seniors like how to be stronger and how to and how to like stay in their homes as long as possible and she created a membership site for them and when she told me she was creating a membership site for seniors I was like this doesn't make any sense and it works so well for her like she's really just like thriving, like really, really doing well with it. So I would suggest look at something like doing a membership site or some type of passive course that's already made. And I can launch that when I feel good. If I'm like having a month where I'm having sad times, bad times, and I have to push a launch back, no one's going to die. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay. Like that's fine. And it's such a lower pressure way for me to run my business and it seems like everyone's liking it a lot and I just I really and I literally thought that there was no way that I would ever have something like that so that's really exciting and it means that I don't have to work with eight or nine clients at a time to grow my income which like I can be like okay I work with three people at a time now which I love doing but I have this membership site that's thriving so that's my long-winded business tip for everyone passive income my babes it's a thing. It takes a while to build out. Like, do not build out a passive income stream that's like, this needs to be done by the end of the month. It's like, <laughs> you're going to have nightmare times. It's going to be a nightmare. That's so much pressure to put on yourself. But being like, oh, what would it look like to put the extra time I have now into a passion project with the hopes that it's done by the end of the quarter? With the hopes that I put a realistic timeline onto when this can be done. Second tip is like, get enough sleep. I'm serious. Like you cannot emotionally regulate if you're not getting enough sleep. It's just not gonna, it's not gonna happen for you. Like if you're, if you had like a, if you were exercising every single day 
physically, and you were also like, three hours, four hours of sleep a night is fine, you wouldn't be surprised when your body was getting consistently injured and you were, and you just were not seeing any results. So imagine, imagine running a business is like exercising every single day. You're exercising your mindset, you're exercising your resilience, you're exercising that muscle that Queenie found out she had when you lose $100,000 and you still have to show up in your business, which the idea of that makes me want to light myself on fire. I'm like, I have no idea how you're here, Queenie. Queenie's too powerful for all of us. Um, if you're not getting enough sleep, the idea that running a business doesn't require recovery time like, no, you need it. Like your mental health means that you need recovery time and your business means that you need recovery time. You need to take rest days. You need to take recovery time. Running your business is just like going to the gym. So be nice to yourself. Be nice to yourself. I love it. I love it. My tip is to be authentic and um, not hide your feelings. And it helps with your clients. As everybody has said that you can then Say to your clients like yeah I need to take a day and you don't feel bad about it so I like that because authenticity is like who I am and uh, also why people work with me because I'll <laughs> this is how I'm feeling this is what you get right and um, not every day is a great day and to be gracious on yourself and to set those boundaries and um, boundaries mentally but also in your business like I'm done work by like three o'clock, you know, at the latest. And, um, I never work weekends. Don't try to book me in the evenings or on the weekends. Those are my boundaries that I have to set up for myself because I need my sleep. <laughs> right. And because it's hard enough for me to sleep at the first, you know, at the best of times, let alone when I'm like highly anxious. And then also I have, um, added like my membership group that I like love, um, almost more than my no, I don't know. I wouldn't want to say more than my one-on-one -on -one clients, but just differently. Um, but it's also something because it does relax those pressures of having to like try to give space to somebody when I don't have space to give. And so that's where that's been really helpful. Anyways, I want to thank you so much, all of you for being here today and for like sharing your hearts and souls. Cause like, I tear up. I get goosebumps. You guys are amazing humans. And I want to thank you for all that you bring to the world and, um, keep up all the good work, my babes. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here and for staying to the end and for listening to this podcast. And I hope you have an awesome day. I just want to invite you into my Facebook group where we do group coaching twice a week where you get to connect with other ladies who are also growing their business and taking big giant leaps to get more clients and create the life that they want to live. So I'd invite you to that. The link for that is in the show notes. And otherwise, I hope you have a fantastic day. Put your crown on, wear it high, and get shit done.